Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Leaders, are you leading and how well are you leading? This is Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT, Rich Barron, Michael Bailey. We're here to do it, here to do it with you here now. ACT, Act, Action, and Cultural Transformation. This is what we're going to be talking about today. How's your culture doing? Does your culture need a little mm, to transform it, bump it out of its stalemate, out of its stale thinking, out of the status quo, and maybe it's safe, but it's not really going. Comfort zone is another great word. That's that's a great one as well. Can can, Can an organization, we think comfort zone usually has what? Somebody that an individual has, right? Yeah. Can an organization, can a department, can a team have its own comfort zone as well? Oh, what does absolutely. that lead to? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that today. What's, what is this all about? Well, we're going to be talking about, folks, we're going to be talking about it in a really interesting way. We're going to be talking about this kind of culture stagnation. Yeah. Uh, in some places, your culture can be doing really well. But in terms of, let's ask the big question. Why did Sears pretty much go out of business? Why did Kmart? go out of business? Why is Barnes and Noble not thriving like it once was? There's a reason for it. They did some things really well and other things not so great. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go. What are we talking about here then? Give us some opening shots on this. Opening shots. We're going to talk about industries that uh, really kind of incestuous industries. Okay. And what I mean by that is, say we we take maybe uh, particular tech industries or particular uh, telecommunications industries, where the employees in these industries are kind of interchangeable, one company to the next, if you will, because it's the same thought process, the same type of customers, the same uh, you know way of thinking, and so. It's kind of plug and play employees. Oh, this guy comes from comes from Acme, so obviously he's going to do great at Ace. You know that that type of thing because it's the same thing, same customers, same industry, and so there's a lot of uh, bouncing back and forth. We see this a lot in tech industries. Uh, engineering we're, companies are another one. Engineering companies, yeah. uh, and you we especially in in some of this, these tech industries where. Uh, you coined the phrase earlier, fleas jumping off a griddle type thing, man. The yeah. Employees are jumping ship, moving around companies like fleas off a griddle. And, and you see this a lot because it's plug and play. They're interchangeable. Companies don't have to worry about the training process or the onboarding because it's the same thing. And they might have even come. We had a great example given to us earlier 
you know, uh, you know, they probably came from us to begin with and they, they jumped ship and we're over here and then now they're just coming back. You know, I came from an industry that was very much like that yeah. back in the day, coaching, selling coaching was big in a, an area just uh, south of where I'm at. And it got to be where literally you could hire a sales guy to get on the phone from this company to this company, to this company, to this company. And they all, the funny, they they just took the same stories and plugged it into a different product. Yep. And, yeah. that, and that talk about plug and play, yeah. that's what it was. And uh, and so for a while, it was a very hot industry. You could make a lot of money out of it. But eventually, here's what happened to it. Yeah. Because the money was so rich, so thick, and because of this incestuousness that was going on in the companies themselves. And you literally, you, you could literally hire the hot sellers away from one company to another one by giving them a little bit this, a little bit of that, 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 that. But you know what it led to? It led to a lot of corruption. It led to a yes. lot of drugs, a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking, a lot of just, just nasty, nasty stuff. There are people that got into that culture. They committed suicide. They OD'd. They, had, they got into gambling. It became a very sick, wow. perverse kind of industry, but because it, it's fed on itself. It's fed on itself. And it just, and they never stood back and looked at what's really going on here. Yeah. So that's kind of a dark, dark, dark hole that you can go down. It but is. There's also the kind of thing like, what happened to Barnes and Noble? You know, what happened to Sears? What happened to Kmart? There's a lot of businesses that just didn't keep up with the times. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. You can do something really, really well in your, in your job, in your industry, in yeah. your company. You can do it really well. But times are changing. And if you're not keeping up with the time, you're going to become an acronym. You're going to become antiquated. You're going to come out of date. And by the time you realize it, it just may be too late. Yeah. So this kind of group thinking that we're talking about here, that can be deadly. Let's yeah. take a look at this group thinking, not only in terms of the company, but industry-wise. Yeah. We got a great example. Let's let's give them our, our example, Michael. Uh, let's talk about that. This is the Habsburg family. Okay? Yes. Go. The Habsburg family. Now, the Habsburg ruled Europe for centuries, you know, starting in maybe, you know, 13th century, all the way up to Charles II of Spain that it, when he died in 1700. But the thing is, they were, they were, they ruled Austria, Germany, Spain, Croatia, Serbia, uh, you know, uh, other, other smaller parts of Europe, but they were in charge. They, they, and they believed the hype. We have to have the power as, as the Habsburgs. And so they did not marry outside of the family, although they were they were Christian, so they couldn't marry brother, sister. But their marriages were arranged, first cousins type things. We're going to keep this in the family because we got to keep the power. We got to keep the control. We got to keep who we are together. And so over the course of, of all this time, what happened is we started seeing all these genetic defects. To the point, what's called the Habsburg jaw. Now you can look this up and see pictures of what some of these uh, folks look like. They they become deformed on the outside, essentially. Their jaw was elongated. Their chin was really kind of deformed. Uh, big tongue, bulbous lip, bulbous, bulbous lip, big tongue. noses, bulbous big nose. Noses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and their the description of some of these these Habsburgs were they were hideous. They were grotesque. Now here's the problem. That's just what we saw on the outside. That's just the problem uh, that was on the outside. So when Charles II of Spain died at the age of 38, 
there was a an autopsy performed, Michael. You know, and it was back in 1700, so it wasn't exactly accurate. But they they described things that we can give modern day names to. So these are the some of the things that uh, that he he had he had he had mental delays is what they would say, mental delays, unable to eat uh, or, or talk accurately because of the the size of his tongue. He had a small heart, a very small heart uh, for the size of his body. Uh, corroded lungs is what they call it. His lungs were corroded. Uh, his intestines were putrefactive, is how they describe this. Now we could call that a, a lot of different things, but he had these these horrible issues with his intestines. Kidneys were full of stones. Uh, he was unable to reproduce because of deformities in his genitalia, uh, and he also had water on the brain, is what they called it. Now we call that uh, hydrocephalus today. But um, these are these are internal things that they didn't see until he died. They didn't see until he died. We could see the outside problems. But all of this came from the Habsburgs believing the hype that we cannot venture outside of who we are. We can't also marry because who we're, we too, we're too great to fail. We're too great we're to too fail. Big to yeah. fail. And you know what? And when they did, when Charles II died in 1700, it plunged Europe into war because of all the issues that that, that the Habsburgs had created over this time with this this power hungry grab that they they exhibited. So let's let's talk about organizations doing the same thing, Michael. How can we how can we how can we use this example with companies? Well, it, it's the same thing. We got to keep the power. We're going to keep the knowledge base within the, the industry. We're not going to allow anybody to come in and disrupt the process, which is exactly what you need is someone to come in and disrupt that process with a fresh way of thinking. Yeah. And so we're going to play it safe. We're going to we're play, play it based safe. upon what we know. Again, there's that comfort zone existing yeah. at uh, not only the department level, the corporate level. And we're yeah. talking about industry. The industry itself yeah. has that kind of thinking about it. Oh, ab- absolutely. And so what happens is you may not see as an organization, the problems you've got going on, but everybody on the outside can look at it and say, man, that's, that." you know, what are they thinking? It's a pretty ugly company to work for. And I, I'm going to tell you, you know, people out there might be thinking, oh, Rich and Michael, they're just executive coaches, but we're also job coaches. We've worked with people for years, hundreds of people for years. So we see this. We see these people coming from these different industries trying to get right back into the same industry because that's what they know. That's what they believe they're going to go to. There's no real fresh way of thinking. There's no, I want to be a culture ad. It's all culture fit. I just want to fit in. I just want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Culture fit. Yeah, culture fit. And so if if you don't think we see this, we, this, we're coming from experience. We're coming from, we actually see this. Every day, quite frankly, you know, talking to some of these people. And, you know, so that, that's the problem. It's, you don't see it on the outside of your company. But and even with Char- like Charles II, man, he had all these internal issues going on that nobody paid attention to until it was too late. That's right. And so what you've got is, and see, th- th- this is the interesting thing. Some of these people, I'm sad to say, sad to say, Came, became very grotesque in their looks. Yes. You would think that would say something about, do you think this is working? 
So outwardly, they probably got used <laughs> to that look and it didn't bother them. They said, well, yeah. this it's is just got, the way we it's are. Gotta work. It's got to work. It worked somehow for several hundred years. but <laughs> <laughs> So they get used to it and they kind of get numb to it. They just kind of, yeah. that's yeah. just the way it is. Not realizing that these were actually signals that it's yeah. not working. It's going in a very bad, very bad direction. So we can become acclimated to things not working. We can become acclimated to dysfunctionalism or yeah. toxic behaviors and policies in an organization. Why? Because that's just the way the industry is. Everybody yeah, yeah. does it. It's just the way that we've always done it, the way we're always going to get business done. Exactly. Right? And you know what that is? Is getting really good at doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon that wrong thing feels like the right thing. It becomes part, part of the process. To you, but everybody on the outside can see on the inside what you're doing. They're going, what the heck are they thinking? You can't have groupthink, which is this echo chamber reinforcement, and innovation. No, you can't. Now, you may be doing some things in your in one part of your organization that are going really, really well. You may be doing it really well. However, if it's it, as the culture changes, not only your in terms of the business, but the world culture changes. There are different needs in the marketplaces. There's different innovations that are going on, new opportunities. Yeah, yeah. If you're not shifting that and expanding that in a way that makes sense to your business, it's still your business, but new opportunities are opening up and you're saying no to those things and staying just to these things, which you're stuck in a kind of status quo-ism, which is not a good thing. That no. status quo-ism will eventually implode. It will fall apart. Yes. So that you need new thinking. We, what we talked about is you've got to get fresh thinking involved in your business, which means it's going to be a little scary for those people that are all about status quo-ism. Yes. The plug-and-play syndrome, whatever that may be called. Uh, and for recruiters and, and for HR and whoever that's hiring these people, it's probably really easy. Oh, this yeah. guy came from XYZ, so he's going to fit in with ABC. No problem. Come on over. Look at his resume. He's got all the right words. All the right words. But the problem is, is are they truly that ad? Are they truly the talent that you want? They have the skills for your industry. Great. They have the experience for your industry. Check. Check that box off. Do they have the soft skills? Do they have the leadership ability? Do they have... Yeah. The, the collaborative ability? Do they have that outside of the box thinking ability that's so critical to culture and organizations to, to expanding and building and making it more vibrant and, and productive? Yeah, innovative. Innovative. Life. Yeah. yeah we got about five minutes here. Let's go through some points here. Let's discuss these. Here's how to start recognizing. This is out of psychology today. This is Perfect. an article written by Karen Hayden. MSC. And she's got some points here. I think they're really good. This is a way to start recognize whether or not you've got groupthink going on, this yeah. cultural incestive. Uh, now I'm saying it. I'm saying incestuousness. Incestuousness. Say that the whole thing three times <laughs> real fast. Okay. So number one, she says in here, are you are you in a group in which you're you you self-censor? That is you you just you don't you hold that back because you know that if you offer your point of view. You'll be ridiculed, shunned, or disregarded. What about that? Yeah. How about this one? Is there any group in which you always automatically agree with the opinions and judgments of the group? 
It's kind of that knee jerk. And, and those things are real yeah. because you don't want to feel like you're ostracized. You don't want to feel like you're abandoned. You don't want to feel like you're outside the group because outside the group is dangerous. That's what we've been taught. That's what we've been taught. And those are the people who are deathly afraid of conflict. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's right. Here's a, two more real quick one. Uh, first, uh, is there any group in which you or others uh, pressure a dissenter to change his or her views? Now we're getting to a getting to a, a whole other place. Now that's it's one thing to hold yeah. back, but it's another thing now to start putting pressure on people unfairly. Unfairly, that's, that's getting into those some of those silos we talk about. Yeah, yeah. Organizational departmental silos where it's ruled by the silo king, silo queen. Yeah, the Hapburgs. The Haps. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, is there any group in which you and the others in your group regard? the opposing or competitive groups as evil, stupid, or weak. Woo! That's nasty. That's that's nasty. It is, but it's, uh, unfortunately, it's it, it's alive and well. Yeah. So we want to say these are symptoms. If you're seeing these yeah. kind of symptoms in your organization, that's got to be sending some red flags to you and everybody else. It's, we're starting to do stuff that not only is not productive, we're actually now crushing anybody that wants to step out with some possible fresh thinking that could enliven and enrich and now reinvigorate the organization or the team. That's what you're really taking a look at. That's when it becomes dangerous. And there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on these days, sad to say. Yeah. Innovation, if you start taking a look at innovation, innovation is kind of this funny place of we're not as innovative as we used to be. We want to be, but the creativity, uh, when you start getting everybody walking the lockstep, creativity starts going down because by definition you're the people who are not getting in lockstep those are the creative thinkers those are the innovators yeah all right let's wrap this up in the last minute or so here so what do we tell folks that say good grief we're in this kind of situation this kind of condition what what do we want to tell them if you are those that are kind of in leadership positions in these organizations, and you see these things going on, it really is time to start looking at your talent base or getting coaching for your people or trying to find collaborative, innovative efforts to change the mindset, to start disrupting what's going on. Now, disruption is not a bad word well, the way we're using it. It right. means you're, it's a fresh way of thinking and doing things. You know, just because you've done it, always done it that way, or we've always hired this way, or we've always had this type of people, that does not mean that you're going to be successful going forward, continuing those practices. Quite frankly, it's just the opposite. It's just the yeah. opposite. And yeah. if you're one of these people that we were just talking about, Michael, um, you know, that's a bad place to be. It really is. You're doing it to others. If you're doing it to others or having it, even done having it done to you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Somewhere in this whole mix, to be honest about it, just be just really flat honest, people have got to learn how to be more courageous. There's no other way to put it. Courageous, yeah. bold, speak up. You've got to be that person. We yeah. talked about there's this term, deontological de, de, uh, de de leadership. Deontological leader. Yep. Yeah. And a deontological leader is a is a leader that does things for the right reasons. Yeah. Despite what consequences may follow. 
Yes. And that's a brave man. That's a brave woman. That's what's required in this day and age when there's so much groupthink being pressed in, pressured in on people. Yeah, that there's no other way out of it. You've got to learn how to stand up to that. Yeah. If you know it's the right thing to do, what else are you going to Because I'll tell you, the other place is not a great place to go to. And quite frankly, we need you. We need those leaders. We need those That's people right. to step up in today's age, uh, you know, business in the in the world. We need those courageous, bold, out of the box thinking uh, leaders who are not afraid to step forward and make a change. Excellent. Okay, I think maybe I'm past my getting tongue tied today, but we don't know. Might come up again. Let's wrap this up. How do we want to? How do they want to get a hold of us if that's what they're going to do? Executive Leaders Act, ILEC.com. And you can also, in our uh, podcast description, uh, if you're whatever you're listening to or wherever you're getting it, there is a place to sign up for our newsletter, Michael. And, uh, you know, that goes out once a week, talks about some great things. And uh, I would encourage you to get on it. But mostly, I would encourage you to get a hold of us. Yeah. The first step to becoming brave is get informed. Fresh thinking is about fresh ideas. Take those fresh ideas, implement them. That's going to lead to fresh behaviors. That in itself will lead you out of the whole comfort zone deal. And as you do that, there may be some point in time when you could use a little support, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of feedback, a little bit of how do you actually do it? How do you get it done? Have some accountability. You want to change the world, you start by changing yourself. Want to change the leadership in your organization? Start by changing you as a leader. Yep. All right. Okay. And until next time, take care of each other, and we will see you again soon. All right. All the best, folks. Leaders lead well. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, This is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.